Record. Recording. Testing. Testing. Orville. Orville. There we go. Let's do our vocal warm-ups. Dick, 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 dick jokes. Me, 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 me. Nope, 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 nope. I want to be a Star Trek. I want to be a Star Trek. There we go. That worked out. All right. Dick, dick, dick. Oh, hey. We're doing our vocal warm-ups. Waiting for you. Yeah, we're ready to do our vocal warm-ups. Frank, this probably won't take longer than 20 minutes, so we won't keep it long. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, you know. Don't, don't, don't. 45-minute episode, there's only so much to talk about, right? So, yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. But mm. it, we're not live, so if you have to just bounce, go ahead and bounce. Because I, I edit these up and I put like movie clips in and shit so that people understand what we're talking about. So it's no big deal if you have to bounce. All cool. right. No, okay. No problem, Jean Luc. <laughs> Engage. Me, 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 me. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper. <laughs> Mr. Wharf, Warp 7. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Raiders of Lost Flicks Live. I am your host, Adam, from RaidersLostFlicks.com. Remember, if it's a bad movie, we want to know about it, and we're talking about episode 104 of The Orville, If the Stars Should Appear. And I want to welcome Frank Links to the uh, episode for the first time. Not the first time I've worked with him. He's from LIW Studios Podcasts. Uh, we've done many, many, many episodes of Twilight yep. Zone and some, some Tales from the Crypt and some... Some Phoenix bullshit anthology show. <laughs> Phoenix literally has a uh, a flow chart of the number of shows you and I have done together. <laughs> and the scary part is he has a flow chart of everybody's attendance, like what time they got there and how late they were. Yeah. Oh, fucking bullshit. <laughs> so, no, is, no. It's just me. It's just me. He doesn't do it. It's, it's, it's almost that organized. <laughs> but uh, Frank, I, thanks for stopping by. And since this is the first time that you've been here, uh, what are your initial thoughts of this episode? Actually, let me set it up real quick. Uh, the gang encounters a ship in outer space. They find out that the ship is a biodome, basically, floating in space. I'm Phoenix go, West. Oh, yeah, Phoenix West from LIW Studios, if we want to go that route. This is my show, not your show, <laughs> damn it. We have we have different different layouts here, so everybody knows who the fuck you are. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, so there's a biodome in space, and they go on to the ship, and they encounter some people, and the people uh, obviously don't realize that they're on a spaceship. And what they encounter is two groups of people, one pe a secret group of people that believe that there is life past the uh the planet that they're on and i shouldn't say planet the ship that they're on they don't believe that they're on a spaceship and anybody that does believe that they're on a spaceship is considered a heretic and gets Classic kicked to death start oh my god brutally kicked <laughs> that to was death. brutal uh so since you're new to the show frank uh why don't you go first initial thoughts of this episode sir loved it i mean you got halo in the beginning <laughs> yeah there's a little bit of halo vibe yeah. yeah and i also like um i just learned how civil i don't want to get too deep in this uh i just learned how civilization kind of started right how the individual w wasn't ever a thing until like just two thousand years ago in our long history of being a species so this is kind of like an like an allegory of, of, of how like pretty much people who don't know a damn thing. Humans want to know answers to shit, right? And they also want to like 
take advantage of people for some old reason. I don't know why. And they love power too, right? So they also like to explain things. I noticed that. Like they like to make up their own explanations and then just religiously, relentlessly follow that explanation <laughs> that they come up with. Yeah, it's called the God, God of the Gaps. You know, if you don't know the God answer, of the Gaps, um, yeah, if you don't know the answer to it, it must be a deity that you can't see, but he's there because it obviously exists, right? Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I don't really remember like any deity mentioned in this episode. Um, it it was a name. They kept saying this name. Okay, um, I, I probably should have put that in my notes, and I didn't. Really? It, yeah. It, it, was... it was the name of Liam Neeson at the end. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Liam Neeson makes a cameo. Um, because yeah, there's entire there's entire society for three centuries basically worshiping Liam Neeson. <laughs> They had they had Liam Neeson for exactly five minutes before his uh, terrible Taken spinoffs that he's been doing for the last twenty years, and they managed to stick him in front of a green screen and get five minutes of screen time. But you know what? It was cool. I, I, Dude, he yeah. he he fought a bear in the Arctic. I think he deserves cameos now. He fought a bear. I mean, whatever he did out in the wolves. I I didn't watch it. It's a good thing that you said that, Frank, because if you didn't, he would find you and he would kill you. Fuck he has a pretty clear set of skills. He's like far. 67 years old. He's not going to do shit if he finds you. <laughs> he turned 67 before he became an action hero. Yeah. Fucking Liam Neeson. He kills 12 guys in a, in a train car somehow by himself with his bare hands. And they have guns. <laughs> uh, Phoenix West, initial thoughts. I liked it. It was missing Pauly Shore. But I, I did like the biodome. I did like the little biodome they go up to, uh, and the key. No way. <laughs> we always talk about the sense of humor in this episode, and this one it fails miserably at the beginning with the a number of things where they start doing the sounds like a dick. It's like explain dick, and then they sends them some computer thing, and I'm like okay, and then they have the whole thing with uh, those two guys that I always talk about. They're the comic relief characters, and they sit there and they're like. I'd rather, I'd rather, uh, mapping stars is so boring. I'd rather sit, you know, have dinner with my mom. And it keeps going and escalating. Yeah. And like, they're, they're, it pissed me off because I'm like, mapping stars is fucking interesting. What are you talking about? That's kind of the Did point. Did you guys though. ever play Mass Effect? That game, Mass Effect? No. Some of the shit that you scan in that game is some of the funnest shit. Like, like it, it's, it, the joke is, is that Mass Effect 2 is more Star Trek than any Star Trek game that's ever come out because you, and before you land on the planet, you approach the planet, you scan the planet for resources, you map things. It's some yeah. of the funnest shit. And then you land and fight the aliens. So Didn't Mass Effect 2 have uh, Europa in it? Yeah. yeah, was, yeah I used to play a, a Star Trek point-and-click game. <laughs> and it was like, walk over there, click click on that character, that sort of, you know, those games. And it, Yeah, like Age, like Age, Age of Empires style. No, not like that. No, uh, Age Empires. That's that's like real time strategy. I think what he's talking yeah. about is like a point click uh, adventure games. Yeah, it was literally go heal that oh, guy. Yeah. And oh, how do we get out of this man. room? Yeah. Click on the yeah, yeah, that sort of But Age Empires. Those can be fun control. too. Yeah. Yes, but um, getting back to this, uh, I did like the episode. Adam, I, I complained a couple episodes back how the Alara episode was too early. This is the episode that should have came before that. I agree. Yeah, I think we got more uh, uh, character development from Lara this time than yeah. that one. Because it had everything I said. She she fails at her mission. She gets shot a couple times by the gang that roams this land, the security officers. She gets shot. She's down. She's 
you know, she, she quote failed. She, I mean, it wasn't her fault, but she got, she failed. And I cared more about her in this episode than I did in the one where she was left in command. Yeah. Yes, and and Bordis takes over the bridge and has to go deal with something. That's exactly it's, it's literally exactly nothing. what I said should have came before that one episode. And he's really good apparently as a bridge commander. Yeah, like like he he, he you could see him at some point. He's going to have his own ship. Like he takes his job very seriously, and he's fucking great at he's it. He's the show's wharf. What's what's he just saying? Wharf, hundred percent. Like it's like you're channeling wharf. Okay, you you just don't have a sash yeah. of metal yet. <laughs> You I'm will. telling you, a ponytail. I, I'm calling it now. It's at some point if if Star Trek should ever get a second chance and start <laughs> over again, I see Peter Macon is playing some kind of a Klingon in a, a, a Star Trek. <laughs> They're gonna give him his own ship. He's gonna be middle middle of war. He's like, listen, they were supposed to give Warp his own ship a long ship. time ago. And I got go fucking sit on my it. egg. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see a Warp driven uh, Star Trek episode. He sat on an egg. <laughs> he <Yeah>. did. <laughs> oh, I wish we'd have had you on that episode where you're sitting on a fucking egg. Yeah, he it was a big walnut up his ass. <laughs> and we we thought we were we were saying that maybe that part of the plot should have been pushed farther down than this one. This episode should have been number two. Yes. See, see, see but you gotta remember, it's Seth MacFarlane. I mean, this is like you cannot take any of this fucking serious. Well, whatsoever. that's that's part of the problem, though. Is is it's Seth MacFarlane? So there's this this lofty expectation that because Seth MacFarlane is in a Star Trek inspired type TV show, that he has to be doing his Seth MacFarlane thing. And my initial thoughts is in this episode is I enjoy the story. I like the aspect of the biodome. Um, I, as a kid, I used to dream about what it would be like if I walked outside and looked up and it was the ceiling of a spaceship. And it looked, in my mind, a lot like what happened in this episode. I thought the, uh, the cinematography was great. There was some pretty good outdoor footage that they kind of spliced in with some, some CGI, and I liked the way it looked. It was a good-looking episode. But my biggest problem with this episode is I'm invested in the story. The humor distracts from it. To the point where it starts making me irritated. Like, will you just stop with the jokes already and get back to the story at hand? Because I'm invested in the story, and the humor feels like a distraction. You know, I agree with you to an extent, but see, it's Seth MacFarlane, so it's going to be humorous. But that's the thing, and it's it's like the show, I just... As as long as you expect it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, as long as you expect the humor in there... I would look at this show like two shows into one. And that's what he's apparently doing. And he's doing a good job of it, I think, of the balance. He's got the comedy, but he's got the seriousness and the drama, too, which, let's face it, he's not really used to doing, you know? I mean, obviously, the Cleveland show maybe kind of gave him that. It kind of feels like he really wants to do next generation era Star Trek, but it's like he's imprisoned by the fact that he's done so much comedy over the years that everybody just expects that. I feel like it's just two shows in one. It's like even, even, uh, uh, I want to call him Borat every time. What's his name? Sasha Barracona? No, 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 uh, the guy in the show where uh, Worf. Oh, um, Bordis, Borat, Bordis, yeah, same thing. Boris, yeah, it's like, like he's not Russian, okay. Bortis, uh, Bortis, okay. He's, he's a he's a Mocklin, Mocklingon. He's he's a Mocklin from Planet Mocklin. <laughs> what, what did we come up with last week? Clinkants? Isn't that what we came? Up? 
clingy. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. I mean, like it, 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 and it's very hard to, to 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 not put him in the gay camp. <laughs> like, it's very difficult. Well, that's the thing I like about it too. But if you're if you're going to go like, down that avenue, is, is it, it's it's exploring these two relationship without having to stand on top of a hill and say, "Oh, look at this thing that we're doing." You know, it's like yeah. it's it's two people. They call each other mates, and you don't partners. think anything of it. Uh, you know, it, partners, partners. Yet somehow they have the same problems that anybody else would. You know, yeah. and some of their interactions I find kind of entertaining. You know, yeah, I, I, I live it. <laughs> and plus, it's, it's two it's Dude. two actors that we love anyway. So I mean, it, Look, yeah. Half the time I don't sleep in bed because I don't feel like fighting with her. Yeah. Why in bed? Why it, always in bed? In this, in this one apparently uh, tomorrow. Can Clyden just tomorrow? <laughs> just sits around and waits for uh, waits for Bordis to get off work. And of course, Bordis is very committed to his job, and they're constantly arguing about. In this episode, they start off they're arguing. You know, when are you going to be home? I don't get enough time. At one point, he goes over and he eats chocolate ice cream because he says, "I want depression food." See, that's the kind of humor that works for me in the show. It shouldn't be good. shouldn't yeah. be dick jokes because it doesn't work. It just it doesn't mesh well, well with the show. So when we get the how would this science work with comedy, it works. Right. What well, what I'm saying is it it also is the first five episodes. So he's got to yep. find his footing because this is not Seth MacFarlane's, you know, bread and butter. Let's be honest. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's to so, be expected of of any show though that if you want to maintain longevity, you have a, a high expectations that you have to deliver on. You know? Yeah, but you need a show to breathe, and you need a show to create itself. You, oh, it, like Game it, of Thrones. <laughs> If, if if you just gave it a season, people tell me, oh, I just watch four seasons; it'll get it, better. If you just gave it a season, you would get past all the medieval bullshit, and it doesn't even register anymore. Trust me, I I, I got deep into it, and then seven season seven happened, and I was like, the "Fuck happened? Not happening." I'm telling you right yeah. now. The, the end of season six of Game of Thrones was the, the greatest TV show. I, uh, I've ever seen I, I would find my time better spent watching Paint Dry. Fair enough. Yeah. Season five I, of I, Paint Dry, though, it gonna, loses. I'm, I'm it gets pretty lit at season the, five during Paint Dry, right? Yeah, I'm not going to beat it down your throat to watch oh, yeah. it. But it, it, it's, it's just, it, it's, I, I, I mentioned this a lot. I, I come from an era where pilots had to sell a show, and now it's just pilot is literally just the first episode of a show and people are just their their brains are trained to just consume and not question and i well, have a problem I, with that i also think there is a uh there are so many writers today that it's impossible to narrow down the good ones to give them a new show to do well, I think I think this particular script is is very entertaining because it, it, it's it's the the ethical dilemma of who's right, who's wrong, and like we mentioned earlier, one particular guy, the, the uh, Kelly Commander Kelly uh, gets dragged into town, and she's taken before uh, uh, one of those bullshit ass where you're pretty much guilty before you walk into the room type deals, yeah. you know. Uh, She's taken to the leader, more or less, and the leader's standing outside, and Hamillac. he's got a he's got a bunch of people standing out on the steps, and he's talking about heresy and all this other kind of stuff. And they literally just 
he says, okay, and now I pass this person on for you to sentence to judgment. And the, the crowd is literally just kicking this guy to death, just beating the living shit out of him. Right in the and, face. Well, no more than 200 <sighs> years Curb ago. stomps, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, no more than 200 years ago in the middle of London, there was this three three pillar hanging thing where it was a it was a thing like like hey we're gonna execute the fucking prisoners today Woo and it was like it, it the entire city stopped and went to this it, it just just if you found out they were doing that down the block from you would, would you peek out would you go down there or would you just be like no i'm good if you didn't, you'd be considered uh, not part of the society and probably end up on it. Were they taking a head count? Like you get a sign in when you go there? Yeah, they got like a little clicker. <laughs> We're five short. Go round them up. It's the Brits, man. Either you fall in line or we're going to hang you and cut, cut your head off. You know, you know, that it, 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 the weird thing about this episode is they are... Modern enough to have like drivable vehicles that, that look yep. like Jeep. I mean, obviously that's part of the budget of the show too. But they they act like a medieval society where with guns. The, <laughs> they have guns, yeah. And the idea of them having anything outside of our own existence is considered heresy. It's like they're frightened of it. Yeah. Um, well, um, and and that was. I mean, that happened in Massachusetts through hundred years ago. It's not that. It's not that old of a concept for oh, no, no, our no. species to do this. But it, it is interesting. And also, speaking of beating the shit out of people, Kelly gets fucking destroyed in this episode. I mean, they... they Good on her, too, She kept her mouth shut, too. Good beat the honor. living shit out of her, and she's making mama jokes. And, and she still uh, looked good doing it. A friend's it. joke that did not work at all? No. Friend's jokes never work, though. If they don't work in my world. I've never heard a good a one work. I mean, I'm sure Phoenix could maybe pull one off if he really tried, but I doubt he'd want to. I don't know enough about the show. But she does, like, she's like, where are your friends? She's like, all right, I'll tell you, there's a there's a coffee shop on La- oh my Lafayette. fucking christ i didn't and, even catch on to it and i didn't even catch on to said, that her friends were the friends from the show friends and she said don't <laughs> she said don't kill the monkey don't hurt the monkey and i'm like i had to look that one up because i'm like there's a fucking monkey on friends i had no idea i watched friends i don't remember there being a monkey apparently ross I mean, had a monkey i had no idea i don't care but the, it's like somewhere. we said it, the first review at phoenix it, it's it's you know, Seth MacFarlane is damn pop culture jokes. You know, it's like just why would she know that reference? Man. Everyone knows our references hundreds of years in the future. Unless you watched Friends, which I'm sorry, not everybody watched Friends. I didn't fucking waste my time with that shit. I and I don't. I care grew to. up with it, and I grew up with women. It's I I grew up with women too. They didn't watch Friends. They just weren't into it. You know, but uh, we're, we're, we're we're also like. Your generation, my generation, missed each other by two years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We really did, dude. So it's a yeah. drastic change after the, the grunge era, but yeah, it, yeah, um, yeah. Once Nirvana hit, it that that's when I became my generation, and then your generation was just ending. Kelly gets <laughs> the shit beat out of her. They finally find uh, after uh, Katan gets shot. They, they use kind of a cool procedure where they magically pull the bullets out of her and and you know stitch her back up and they what, did what at least sorcery say that, is that 
What's that? What sorcery is that? What sorcery is that? Yeah, so it, it, at least they explain if she like, wasn't a as strong gun as, isn't sorcery to him. A normal but... human would have died uh, hours yeah. ago, but she's you know obviously stronger than. But the thing she's that I like about so this episode ugly. is that she. I disagree. Um, they 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 mentioned ugly. that. Yeah, I I hate ears. When I say character development, we realize that this character is not invincible. You know what I mean? Like she could have died. You know, she she gets shot yeah. like right away too. So she, uh, yeah, dude, she took a she took three slugs to the heart. <laughs> like literally, they made sure it was like wasn't dead center. It was. I think this through. is the first time in in this this uh, series so far up to this point where we've even seen blood. You know, yeah. uh, they're they're not afraid to show that either. So I, I appreciated that. Uh, I like seeing the doctor doing doctor things other than just you know. Doing community sketches with Norm Macdonald, which right. unfortunately they did do that again. The you same know. thing. I love. The they're still doing Norm. that, dude. I I love the slime Norm Macdonald. It's hysterical. He cracks me up. Like, just because there has to be a slime Norm Macdonald. Just I, I had mentioned uh, the only thing I like about the Norm Macdonald bit is the fact that it is Norm Macdonald and the fact that things stick to him like a gummy bear, like it rolled <laughs> under a couch. You know, there's always like stuff and dirt and shit on, like when they do this close ups. Me and him would that. be like this, you know, like he, like, like I, I, I look at the Orville. I'm like, who would be my best friend on the ship? It'd be Slime Norm. That makes sense. Yeah. Would Would you have him show show you his uh, tentacle? I think he would just do it. <laughs> He's like, it's more. You like this? It's Another night with the toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. Did, did that joke land for you? No. The, the only joke that. I had no idea what that meant. No. The only joke that kind of worked for me was when he, they, Seth MacFarlane was talking to the, the family. Or the guy, and they give him the food, and he's like, when he's like, do you have a net? Where, do you have an napkin? He puts and he does that, but then it, the follow-up <laughs> joke where he's like, "Where's your trash?" Where's your trash? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one worked. I was getting flashbacks to uh, Indiana Jones: The Temple of Doom when he first goes to that <laughs> Indian village and's like, "You're insulting them. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're embarrassing me. Yeah, eat it. I, I went right to the burbs when he ate the sardine on the on 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 the pretzel." <laughs> and then and then into a trash can <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever seen that's horrible stuff yeah, but, uh, and, and, and that's where that clip came from that I sent you so um, what we realize eventually yeah. is that these people have been uh, on this ship floating in space like Liam Neeson was actually the captain of this ship when it was still a, a, a biodome uh, they lost control of their vehicle, but they had enough resources on board that they could sustain themselves for thousands of years, but they didn't have the, uh, the propulsion was not working anymore. So the ship was just literally drifting in space. Question. And the descendants, the descendants of, of the crew over thousands of years literally forgot where they came from. Mm-hmm. They forgot they're on so, a ship. Well, they it, forgot they were on a ship. And that is a human awesome. trope, too, because he, the human... Human beings have inherit amnesia. We like we can only trace our history back like so far. It's dis- it's disgusting. Like how little we really know about. Is our- it amnesia though, or selective memories? Well, it's not really amnesia. It's just what they selective call memories. It. Yeah, yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's um, 
they call it inherent amnesia. At one point, like. Kelly even says it's not all that hard to believe because he, you know we're even a little on, on Earth. We're even a little sketchy about our own past, yeah. which is not far from the truth. And we, we had we had mentioned I mean, that, that yeah, like something right? like this, you could bury it in the sand for millions of years, and somebody would dig it up and think this was a fighting weapon. You know, we know it's a tool, but if you didn't have any any references or books or anything to tell you that this is a just a tool and not a weapon. Explain or tool. it's what they use to either bury someone or or pray to a god with. Apparently, yeah. his name is Doral, by the way, Liam Neeson. His, his name was Borat, and they used to use this to remove their brains through their nose. Oh God! <laughs> how do you know? You know. So, how well, how, well, how often are you reading a science magazine? You realize that oh hey maybe something that we initially thought you like you know I, I hear all the time dinosaurs were a lot bigger than we initially thought they were with and, feathers yeah and had feathers you know yeah you know yeah that. I mean that's why science never says anything definitive it's always learning it's always something new to yeah. learn you know like like right, right like right now I'm just going through the revision revisionist history of World War Two and just how wrong. It was that we were taught. I don't want to get into it, but it's pretty interesting how wrong we we know it as what it was. Moving on, yeah. uh, my but my point, like you know, just the telephone game, six people, and the whole fucking thing's fucked. So to get to the uh, the crux of the episode, eventually they do find the uh, the control room. And what they do to prove to the people that doubt the existence of the outside world and the fact they're on a ship is they find a way, they find a sunroof, essentially, and they open the dome to where they can actually see the stars out beyond the ceiling. This particular society doesn't even have night. I have a few questions about this. A, it's like, it's like 3,000 years these guys have been floating towards a star right before like they had to have known there was like shit going down because when like a ship of any kind becomes just a drift it's like a domino effect of major problems right so right at the last minute wouldn't you somehow make sure you don't eventually drift into a fucking star in space that should be pretty trivial by then well i it, think the whole point of this was that when they were drifting uh they didn't have any control for one uh two they've been drifting for thousands of years there's no way to know where it's going to go and what's going to happen because the whole thing the, whole, the, the thing that's weird about this is obviously there's no prime directive in, in this particular universe of space show okay that's the space and Star no. Trek because they not go not, right out of their way yet. to say hey we're from another ship. You guys are on a ship, whether you, you believe it or not. And if you don't do something about it, you're going to crash into a star and explode and die. So, Well, uh, we finally did get a date of when this is taking place. I did like that. Because I had no idea when this was taking place. Like how far in the future. Oh, I think the first episode, it says like... The did it? Year or something or other. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really remember. It just... I mean, I probably missed it, but like this episode, it was like, okay, so if she was that far ahead, they must be in twenty six hundred ish, or take like that, yeah, yeah. Since it was like three or four hundred years old or something like that, uh, I don't know. And she came like twenty nine thirty yeah. or something like that. 
but it was it was interesting um the black hole wormhole uh kiss my ass there's no way you're going to um you just that it's impossible right but, how many star treks have you watched frank because wormholes are kind of a regular thing in the star trek universe i look it, like i said i'm really not a big star wars or star trek fan but if i were to pick one to watch i would pick the next generation <laughs> i i <sighs> You know, I know everybody's got to claim at least one, so I'm a, I always claim myself a Trekkie, but not like hardcore Trekkie. You know what I mean? But I. But like, you should watch I, it because after about four I seasons, do, Frank, it really gets pretty good. I have good. watched it. No, I, I've watched a lot of them, dude. Growing up, trust me, my whole life I've watched them. You know, really, I, Next Generation and the original one, I've watched a lot of them, but not in succession. You know, because it was always net cable. I mean, cable, you have no idea what the hell will order this shit is in, you know? Like, this this show, you know, their their uniforms are sort of kind of different than the next show. They're I like the uniforms. Kind of different I think again. they're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah and I, I can always tell, like, what sort of season they are from Worf's, you know, metal sash that he's got. Going on. Or his really bad Bob haircut. That's that's the one that, that gets to me. And see, he has a he has a Bob for a while, and then eventually yep. they, they let him grow a ponytail. Uh, Phoenix, what did uh, do we want to go to scores on this one, or do we got more to? Talk I want to read the the script of this episode because I want to see the, the script after he wrote it and, and edited it with a pen. Because I guarantee it was prime directive. Oh, shit, we can't use that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. We can't do this because the prime directive. This violates all the prime directive shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like the script was all about the prime directive and how he, he's like, oh yeah, we can't do that, can we? One of the things I liked about that show, Enterprise, is it was dealing with uh, a Star Trek ship pre prime directive, and it was kind of showing you the reasons why the prime directive even exists. Ah. They did a, a pretty good job setting that up. So I've never seen was, that show. I started watching the pilot um, and I stopped halfway. It it, it gets better. Uh, it, it's not nearly as rough of a watch as some of the other Star Trek shows. Like it it, it it's some of it is a slog, but uh, some of it's really good. Like you know, especially when Jeffrey Combs shows up. Whenever Jeffrey Combs shows up in any Star Trek, it's great. So I'm gonna give this score wise. Um, what's the math on that workout? Uh, four. It's good. It's very Star Trek. A four out of five, or yeah, oh, okay, yeah, four, four out of five. five. I do scores out of five. So cheese four. curds equals provolone. Mm -hmm. Are cheese curds provolone? This is my rating system. Just, just don't question. Just it. don't just question it. Okay. Let's okay. go with it. Obey, obey the cheese god. It's different. All right. It's Fair fun. Enough. It's different. <laughs> four um, out of five. No, no, is provolone. I've had cheese cheese curds in the past for the first time in my life last year and they were uh do you need me amazing here? okay amazing Hi. no okay you're still going we good <laughs> all right um yeah i give it a four or four out of five just uh, it, it didn't blow me away it's not as good as the the last episode that we watched but i did enjoy it i i'm wondering if they're going to go back to this planet i don't want any spoilers or anything but i'm just curious if they're going to go back and find out how it changed once they figured out the truth if they even told them the truth um yeah i'm looking forward to uh future episodes it's definitely continuing to get better 
Uh, since that the season three hasn't come out yet, I can't tell you if they go back to this uh, plan or not. I, I, one can only say I know that this is like a fan favorite, though. A lot of people really like this episode. It, it's, uh, I believe, let me see what it is on IMDb. Eight point four. Eight point four. Okay, you, you beat me to it. So eight point four on IMDb. One of the better episodes. Well, I agree that this reviewed. this one this one should have been episode two because. Had they showed this as the second episode, it wouldn't have messed up any of the prior stories. No. Other than maybe the Norm MacDonald uh, nurse dilemma. Uh, you know, other than that, you know, which they could have easily worked that out of there. But uh, it was the Norm same thing. Norm is down with the brown. It was the I, same I exact. Of... Sorry, I was just going to say, it was the same exact conversation we got. It almost would work better before that other one because she seemed more fed up that time. And this time she's just doing it because, again. Because. Yeah, this time we actually see Bordas in command. Uh, I, I liked the little little bit where uh, Lamar actually pulls off a stunt and he kind of jumps up, and does his little victory dance, and <laughs> and Bordas is like Lieutenant Lamar, and he says sorry, he sits down, and he says he says good job. So he at least you know acknowledges that he did a good thing, mm-hmm. but he's not going to let him carry on and act like an idiot on the fucking bridge. Yeah. So he, he when he's in charge, it's all business. So uh, I like that about him. He's he's a he's, he's got a warrior spirit. So, and also it was nice to see uh, Mick Farland, like, not really in control of what's going on. I, I actually was wondering if he was going to uh, be a little bit more aggressive to the guy that was beating the shit out of Commander Kelly. Because, I yeah. mean, obviously he does, even though they're they're separated, he does at least still have some feelings for her. I mean, yeah. seeing your ex-wife get beat almost fucking nearly to death would, would have a little bit more of an effect. He's just kind of like okay, dick, you know, or something like that. And they just kind of... He's complimenting you. I was waiting for him to just walk up and slug him because that's probably what I would have fucking done, but I'm not... I would have given him a high five. Yeah, I'm not... Maybe that's what it... Maybe that was the real, you know, point, so... At least they didn't use that to make another joke. Um, Frank, uh, what would you score this one out of five? I'd definitely give it a four out of five. Definitely. I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I really did. I mean, there's a few of these. I wish I, I really made it with you guys because, you know, a few of them were kind of slow. But, you know, you're going to get that. We still got um, two seasons. No worries. No, exactly. I'm in, I'm in no hurry. I mean, you need setup episodes, and that's fine. You know, I, I just really like the whole, I mean, that ship was fucking massive. It was so cool. The, it, it reminded me there was a Doctor Who episode where they did a very similar thing. They were inside of a biodome, and there were people inside the biodome that didn't uh, understand that they were inside of a biodome. So uh, that that came out before Orville. I, they might have been written at the same time. Maybe there was a script floating around Hollywood or something that somebody got their hands on. But I do like the concept of people living on a ship and not knowing they're on one. It's kind of cool. Well, I mean, it's just like the whole Plato thing where if you get um, people who, you know, since they were born, they're sitting against a wall, right? And there's a fire behind them and there's a walkway. And all they see is shadows walk in front of them on a wall that the fire casts the shadows of the people walking behind them. They don't know people are walking behind them. They don't know what fire is. They just know that these shadow people walk in front of them all the time forever so if that's all that you know that's all your reference frame is then how would you know anything else exists and this is exactly what that is i wonder what flat earthers think of this episode that's all i want to know 
yeah, I to echo everybody else, I, I do agree. Four out of five. It's not a five out of five because, like I said, my, my biggest problem was I thought that a lot of the jokes um, kind of distracted from the plot to the point I'm like, come on, move on past it. Especially after th- uh, three episodes now where we've seen how distracting the jokes can be. Uh, you know, it, it's okay to have the humor as transitional stuff, but when you're just dragging it out for the sake of the joke, at least make sure it lands or make sure that it, it's worth it or funny. Um, I Like I said, I've seen the entire two seasons ahead of time, and I, I know that it does get better than this, but I, I, I like the story. Uh, this very much feels like a, a, a Star Trek-type story, and uh, it's good entertaining science fiction. I, I like the, the whole concept and everything. So, yeah, four to five, Provolone. You know, yeah. I mean, I just want to say, like, I really do see this show as two different shows into one. You know, like he's got the serious show going, and then he's got the the comedy, and he's but just trying, he's trying to find they, the balance right now. And at times they clash. Standing. Yeah, they, they oh, clash exactly. against each other. Yeah, that's that's but, my only my only issue is that I mean, we all like humor, we all like it, science fiction. Sometimes they don't always gel well together. No. And if you say it gets better and, you know, towards yeah. the, you right. know, moving on, I'm going to guess it's because... Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you guys are in in, uh, in store for some serious shit. It's going to get yeah. really... Charlie's funny. is in the next episode. That's right. Charlie's... I already, I already know how that plays out because I saw the Red Letter Media thing about it, so Oops. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> they Oops. gave the whole thing away. Wait, wait. My girl is going to be the next one? No, Charlie's Theron is going to be in it. Oh. Yeah, sorry, not not your girl. Yeah. Oh, you mean the ugly bitch with the ears? No. That that girl's dating Zach Efron, believe it or not. Charlie Theron? No, the the Alara. Oh, Alara. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's um Who the hell is Zach Efron? Oh man? shit. I got I got to look up her name again real quick. Halston Sage. Halston Sage, that's it. It's a cool name. I I, I like her, her name a yeah. lot. But, uh, mm. yeah, so next week, Charlize. Yes, uh, I am a huge Charlize Theron fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I own a lot of movies that she in. Absolutely, 100% fucking loved her character in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, yeah. I was all excited yeah. that they were going to do a Furiosa spinoff, and then I found out it was Anna Taylor-Joy, and I'm like, oh. Eon Flux is my favorite movie that she was ever in, and that movie is hot garbage. Yeah, but it still not, has Charlize Theron Advocate. in it. Yeah, Devil's Advocate's good. Uh, wasn't she Devil's also Advocate. a title yeah. caller? Am I getting her messed up with Ashley Judd? No, it's Ashley Judd. Yeah. Anyway, so. um, yeah, like the episode. Looking forward to the next episode and so on. Any uh, any final words before we put a bow on this and go off the sweet by and by? Like the other side of my cigarette, like a fucking asshole. At least she didn't break it this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I know. I broke like three of them. <laughs> I, I like this side of you, Frank. You're a lot more animated during the day than you are at night. At, at night, you're like running on low sugar or something. I don't know. It's like sometimes you're there and sometimes you're just not in the room. That's huh. no, because uh, I've been up for three days. Okay, fair enough. But you, you, you're you're pretty. You seem rested today. So yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of sleep last night. Or not last night. No, that's, was it last cool. night? No, I, I worked last night. That's why. And I just got home, and I just, I finally just finished this twelve string I've been working on for four days. It's a nightmare, but it's finally done now. Frank, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and uh, what to watch? Oh, um, 
you can come over to uh, Vine the New Jersey and we can watch whatever you want. I got. Oh, no, no, no. Your, you your website. And, oh, your, okay. Your, uh, all right. You, you, where um, do they find you on the internet, Frank? Oh, I got you. Uh, RedDragonsRadio.com, LIWStudios.com. I do a lot of podcasts over there on LIW Studios and really happy to do that with Phoenix. And Not anymore. Adam. And uh, what? Did you say no? Oh, is it my turn? Um, LIWstudios.com, LIW, the TZ Review on Twitter, Phoenix West on Twitter, yada, yada, yada. And you'll see everything at LIWstudios.com. For sure. Anyways, and, uh, we'll Red see Dragons you in the next Radio. episode. Red, it, yeah, Red Dragons Radio. And and the, that's all I was going to say after that. RedDragonsRadio.com. Pornhub.com. <laughs> if you can find it, good luck. <laughs> And make sure you check us out on Fridays where we do the bad movie watch and review at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Raiders Lost Flicks YouTube channel. Peace out, everyone. Bye, Laura.